ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 153 of Three Beers In, the season two finale, where I will be having tonight three beers. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be reviewing three beers that have been provided by one of our big fans, Matt Daly. He was down uh, over the week, uh, not over the weekend, I keep forgetting that today's Thursday. I went to work today, so I'm all out of the way. But he brought he brought down some beer. We did some drinking. We had some good times and some good laughs. And um, it didn't get a chance to go to Beverage Island, so I have to choo- I had to choose between one of these three. And I said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna do all three. I'm gonna do all three of these beers, and I'm gonna see if one of them can stack up against the big boys that is on the route, uh, the Mount Rushmore, and see if it can topple any of those. And if it does, it will standalone transferring over to 2020 to season three. All right. So season three, right around the corner. I want to, I would say there's some big things planned, but there's not, it's just going to be the show that you know and love where we do beer news reviews, talk a little bit about myself and, and have a, have a good time, you know, sit down and have a couple drinks. So <clears throat> Christmas is over. I really hope that everyone got exactly what they wanted. I perfectly planned my, my, my little scheme there with my wife, I got a really shitty gifts. I got her a toilet bowl light. I got her a pillow with my name on it. And I got her a screen cleaner, right? For like a monitor. It's like a spray and a wipe. And, um, you know, she, she took it. (laughs) I really have an incredible wife. You know, I gotta say, you know, I gave her these gifts and I could see, the disappointment on her face, but she didn't dare say anything because she was grateful. She actually was grateful, um, regardless of how terrible the gifts were. You could clearly see the um, the, the the just the the disappointment, right? But then I I had the iPad in the car, wrapped up, and when we were going to her grandmother's house, um, I said to her, "I was like, hey, there's a gift back there without a name on it," and she's like, "What?" Is and I was like, "Reach back there and get it." And I was like, I don't know whose that is. You're going to have to open it and find out what it is so we know who to give it to. <clears throat> and she opened it up, and it was the iPad, and she was just so excited and so happy. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's not what people get for you. It's what you get for people. And lo and behold, there is a fridge down here now, which is great because I'll be able to store the beer down here. Got a new fridge in the apartment. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this, that, and third. But I hope that all of you had a very wonderful, merry, happy holiday a, 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 a good Christmas and um, you know hope you got everything that you wanted and that it was fun and delightful and, and, and you got to see pe- people that you haven't seen in a long time and you got to have a loving and joyous and happy holiday if you had to work I know what it was like I did it for five years straight I get it you know it sucks you have to work on the holiday but you look at the silver lining there it's probably dead at the job and you could just get through it and stuff like that and everybody's kind of at a slower pace Today was a fucking ghost town in Manhattan. Let me tell you, everywhere you turn, <clears throat> there's just nobody there. Nobody was at the office today where I worked. You know, it was just a couple people, and uh, I was one of them. You know, I'm committed, so what am I going to do? I can't, I can't really get out of it. But um, nonetheless, it was just, uh, it was really an interesting thing to see. And uh, <clears throat> it's just so weird when Manhattan is kind of empty like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I keep clearing my throat. When you're able to walk into different places and there's no lines or anything like that. And the and the buses are running smooth, no stopping. I fucking passed the fuck out on the bus before, boy. Oh, let me tell you, I've been I've been tired lately. It's been tough, it's been tough. But uh, we're gonna get right into the hop of the week here, and uh, and we're gonna get this show going because with the beer news, because I got these three beers I want to give a fair shake to. 
you know, coming from upstate. I want to make sure that they're uh, they're giving their due diligence. And I want to get to drink it because I haven't cracked any of them open yet because I'm going to do a thorough review of each one of them. So on to the hop. This week we have a hop called Sabro. And um, I had a lot of difficulty kind of uh, trying to find information on it because it's a fairly new hop. Uh, Sabro uh, hops are branded HBC438, was developed by the Hop Breeding Company and released in 2018. <clears throat> Sabro is a aroma hop uh, that is notab- notable for its complexity of fruity and citrus flavors. It imparts distinct tangerine, coconut, tropical fruit, and stone fruit aromas with hints of s- cedar mint, <clears throat> cedar mint, and cream. <clears throat> Sabro's pedigree is the result of unique cross pollination of the female Neo Mexicanus hop. Uh, with a robust brewing performance, Sabro proves to be a strongly expressive hop that translates its flavor incredibly well into beer. Pretty interesting alpha acid, uh, al- uh, alpha, alpha acid content of 12 to 16%. The aroma is fruity, citrus, and coconut. And uh, that's all we really got on it. It's an interesting interesting hop here. Is there anything over here? Maybe that's a little bit different. This here, That was on Yakima Valley. This is on Northern Brewer. This is here. Um, yeah, with a multifaceted bouquet and high uh, level of aromatic oils, uh, Sabro excels in finishing and dry hop additions, providing aromas of fruit and citrus, particularly tangerine, coconut, tropical, and stone fruits with undertones of cedar and mint. So it's pretty much the same across the board. Uh, the beer style is uh, most likely used in uh, American-style ales. Comes in the pellet variety as well as in a full hop. Um Four ninety nine an ounce. Holy shit! That's 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 okay. That's not that bad. Okay, and that's it. That's it for the hops. That's it for the hops. We're gonna jump right into the beer news because, like I said, we do have um, we do have three beers to give our due diligence to. So um, let's 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 jump right into the beer news, ladies and gentlemen. One of the right, we're gonna finish out the year with some with some news here, ladies and gentlemen. One of the big, big, big newses or something that came out uh, was from the Russian River Company, Pliny or Pl- Pliny the Elder, right? Isn't that how it got Pliny the Elder? Um, the uh, uh, well, wait, excuse me. Uh, they're known for Pliny the Elder, but uh, Russian River uh, is going to bottle Pliny the Younger for the first time ever, and it's only available in their breweries for two uh, two per person. So the resale is going to be pretty crazy. If the hype isn't necessarily over yet, but nonetheless, that's going to be the um, the talk of the town for a little bit here. Um, Bloomberg.com came across this article. Uh, we have a record U.S. hop harvest signaling a coming world uh, IPA bounty. Uh, IPA lovers, can, oh, uh, this is from, oh, I can't even name the author here, but <clears throat> U.S. hop uh, output Rose 5% this year, a national hop uh, report shows. Production has boomed in recent decades amid the craft beer craze. Yes, we know that. IPA lovers can raise a toast to news that there are more U.S. hops to quench the thirst of the booming craft beer scene. Growers in the world's top producer uh, just reaped another record crop 
uh, with output rising 5% to 112 million pounds, 51,000 tons, this year, according to the annual hop report. In just two decades, harvests in the three producing states of Washington, Idaho, and Oregon almost doubled thanks to the growing popularity of the beverage. This is great because it's going to bring the cost down probably uh, for, for brewers that are at home and also professional. North America had uh, led a revival in demand for craft beer in the recent years, and Calypso, El Dorado, Nugget, and Citra are just some of the varieties of uh, favored some of the varieties favored by uh, brewers that require more hops than the light beer types. <clears throat> While barley and yeast are what makes beer boozy, hops are behind the distinct flavors and aroma uh, and that very special bitterness. Also, it says here that the uh, U.S. regional craft breweries and microbreweries and brew pubs are also on the rise, uh, especially <clears throat> in the last uh, 10 years. The numbers of craft breweries, microbreweries, and brew pubs has more than quadrupled in a decade to account for a quarter of the total U.S. beer sales, according to the Brewers Association. The lobby group estimates that about 25 million barrels of craft beer are produced every year in the United States. And one can now hope that the costs will go down. And because usually when there's more of a supply, you know, a surplus of a supply, the costs go down and then... uh, that's good for everyone involved. Here's another article. This is from CBSSports.com, a little bit outside of what we usually talk about here on Three Beers In. Marcus Peters fined $14,000 for drinking beer with fans during the Ravens game uh, with their win over the Bills. After a hard day's work, sometimes you just need to crack open a cold one. Yes, sir, indeed. Especially if it's a hard day's work on a Sunday. For most, maybe that day of work is mowing the lawn, doing a whole lot of house chores, or fighting the holiday swarm to knock some of the names off your Christmas list. Oh, how clever. But Marcus Peters, his hard day's work last Sunday, I think this was two weeks ago, was helping the Ravens beat the Bills after breaking up a late fourth-quarter pass that essentially sealed the win for Baltimore. Peters celebrated by hopping into the stands at New Era Field in Buffalo and pouring a beer in the general vicinity of his mouth immediately after the play. And there's a video here. I can't air it, but I will watch it. Um, The game wasn't over yet, at least not officially, so the NFL took exception to Peter's boozy celebration. The league announced on Saturday that the Baltimore cornerback had been fined over $14,000 for the antics, which fell under the specification for unsportsmanlike conduct. The author goes on to write, Personally, I think drinking a celebratory beer after helping your team clinch a playoff spot is very sporting, and I think Peter should be celebrated for being a man of the people and enjoying a cold one with the fans who came out to support this team, to support the team. And while that seems like quite the price to pay for one beer, it's actually not that far from off the most concession stands of the stadium charge these days. He promptly tweeted out a bunch of uh, beer emojis, Marcus Peters, and I, I commend him for that. Bud Light agrees that the celebratory beer isn't a crime and offered to donate $14,000 to the charity of Peter's Choice. How did they know it was a Bud Light? My only piece of advice would be that if you're going to pay $14,000 for a beer, you might as well get more out of it than Peter's did. Sip it. Don't drip it. This author is just so darn clever, Pete Blackburn. Look at you go. Give him a Pulitzer. Now, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, it probably was like a Bud Light, if we're going to be honest. It's the what is it, the official beer of the NFL and whatnot, but um, fourteen thousand dollar penalty. I mean, 
you know what, Marcus Peter, this show is for you. Actually, this show is for you and all of the fans of Three Beers In. I don't want to just, you know, give you the show. Also, okay, by the way, hold on a second. Hang on. Okay, I had to, had to Google this lady real quick. I, I said some really bad things about this woman last week on the show, and her name is Leona, Leona Helmsley. Now, I accused her of not being self-made, of her being a total cunt, and donating all of her money to her dog in total cunt uh, fashion. Um, and he, you know, I owed it to her, <laughs> so weird to say, an $8 billion net worth uh, to look her up and see what it was all about. So she was known for her flamboyant person. This is according to Wikipedia. She's known for her flamboyant personality, her reputation for tyrannical behavior, and earning her nickname of Queen of Mean. So now, <clears throat> when I, like... I, I bastardized the whole story. She was a self-made millionaire, okay, in real estate, married a billionaire-type situation, and then got involved in, like, a tax evasion scheme, and she went to prison for a while. When she came out of jail, she kind of recluse and shit like that. Where I went wrong, and I am a man of honor, so I will issue an apology on behalf of Three Beers In to the Helmsleys here, I I lied and I said that she gave all of her money to her dog. That is not true. However, she gave a significant portion of her money to a trust that does indeed donate money to children in need and hospitals and stuff like that. It is a it's a charitable trust. So so sorry that I called you a cunt for that. What however, I will call you a cunt, okay? <clears throat> for donating $12 million to the dog, and you gave your driver, okay, in, in, in the will, $100,000. Pretty sure there was an awesome payday for the driver to get hundred grand, but the dog got $12 million, okay? $12 million. The dog has an instinct sometimes to eat its own shit, all right? That's cunty, okay? Sorry, that's cunty. Now, I'm a union man, so I like this article because I think unions are very important. And uh, this is a breaking news. Anchor Brewing workers overwhelmingly approve their very first union contracts from MissionLocal.org by Joe Ekanazi. And he writes here, by a gaudy 49-3 vote, workers at Anchor Brewing have ratified their first union contract. A happy occasion they hope results in much drinking for Anchor Beer both on and off the Dejaro and Mariposa facility. The workforce here in March voted to organize with the International Longshore and Warehouse Union in May. They began hammering out a contract with management, and on December 10th, they shook hands and put it up for a vote before the workers. In the contract negotiating game, this uh, this is a quick turnaround. Management, quote, could have done a lot to stall the process, and we're thankful they didn't want to do this, noted fermentation worker Garrett Kelly, who was on the bargaining team, <clears throat> said Brewer and fellow bargaining uh, uh, bargainer John Easel said this was the difference between working with a company that wanted to get us a contract versus a company who does not. Anchor showed us that they wanted a contract. Hang on, I'm having trouble here with the uh, with the text. Oh, I got it up now. Uh, the contract. Oh, so sorry. Uh, the three-year contract offers enhanced wages and benefits and returns workers uh, returns to workers some of the plums that have been taken away after Fritz Maytag sold the company in 2010. 
Anchor was uh, subsequently sold to Sapporo in 2017. We look forward to a strong future together with the newly formed union, said Scott Ungerman, Anchor's brewmaster, in a statement jointly released with the uh, ILWU. Anchor has a storied history and enduring commitment to making great beers and valuing the people who brew them. And there's a nice little picture of the union workers there, the new union workers. Wages during the course of 20 to 20 uh, to the, oh, excuse me, wages during the course of the 2020 to 2023 contract will go up by an average of 8%. Hitting beer production benchmarks will trigger heftier payments to employees, uh, 401k plans. Benefits and paid time off have been expanded for part-time workers. Anchor will pick up 85% of the healthcare premium for its employees and 50% of their dependents. Just uh, just cause provisions are now in place regarding workers' terminations, and the longtime uh, former privilege of paid half-hour lunches will be restored. Over the course of a uh, year, uh, those compensated lunches mean 125 more paid hours of uh, work for a full-time employee. For Ezel, who commute, uh, commutes from the East Bay and has three young children, this means he can clock out half hour earlier each day uh, and he could spend time with his family. <clears throat> the contract offers solace for workers like Ezel and others who have been forced to parse career aspirations and cold, hard Bay Area economic reality. Uh, Anchor Brewing is a major league destination for craft beer enthusiasts, but it doesn't offer a major league caliber pay. A number of workers we spoke to earlier this month uh, clear less than 40000 and brewers may not top uh, 50000 And the San Francisco cost of living is, well, you know, pretty bad. Against this backdrop, real wages at the brewery actually dropped in the years after Maytag's exit in 2010. Starting pay was reduced from seventeen twenty-five to fifteen fifty, following the 2010 um, before going uh, back up to sixteen fifty. Because Mission Local is told it was difficult to make hires anything less. Under the new contract, a worker presently earning starting pay of sixteen fifty an hour will be kicked up to eighteen fifty, and on January first, be earning just over twenty-one per hour by twenty twenty-three. At Public Taps, located across the street from the brewery, most bartenders and barbacks uh, will see their wages grow from fifteen sixty to eighteen twenty-five an hour in the new year. Uh, ILWU organizer August Ramirez says he hopes that Anchor uh, becomes a trendsetter of the unionization of craft breweries. Just as in prior generations, it was a trendsetter in the establishment of craft brewing of the craft brewing uh, movement. With today's ratification, Anchor Brewing workers say they're hoping their status as the nation's first craft brewery to unionize from within can become a selling point. Kelly says workers are in discussions with the brewery's marketing team regarding a union-made designation on the beer leveling uh, labeling. When you go into the store, you have choices, Easel says. That union benefits and rights are being given to the anchors' workers might influence people's decision. And he's absolutely right, because we're talking about it all the time on this podcast, in season two most especially, is that your dollar, excuse me, your power is within your, within your dollar and, your, and where you could purchase. So if you feel comfortable purchasing now from anchor because they are unionized that's cool i think that's pretty neat all right i'm a little thirsty so i'm gonna go over to the fridge and get some beer for the beer review so i'm not gonna play the music because i'm gonna pause this uh periodically to go get the beer out of the fridge which is across the room and um this is neat because there are three pretty different beers there's a there's a double ipa and ipa and in my hand right now it's a british imperial stout called Lucius. Luscious or Lucius? 
Okay, so it's from, um, it's from the Alchemist because that's where he had visited, and they're known uh, primarily for uh, brewing uh, Heady Topper. So this is their. Um, it says British style imperial stout. Beer Advocate says that it's uh, Russian style imperial stout, but nonetheless, going to crack this open and give it a try. Oh, that smells interesting. Nine point. That is as black as the night as I poured it out. Oh my god! It looks like. Oh my god! It looks like motor oil. I cannot believe how dark this beer is. That is like the darkest head I've ever seen on a beer. So it pours out. I got two fingers of, like. I can't even describe the color. Copper brown head here. The nose is is very strong in the alcohol uh, department. I mean, I just put a nose on here, and it smells like... Uh, hold on here. Let me see if I can get a canning date. No canning date here. It has a very, very uh, brown sugar on the nose there. Smells like it's going to be a delightful stout. It's 9.2 alcohol by volume. I'm going to give it a taste. Here we go. Unbelievably full flavored. A nuttiness to it. A creaminess to it. Almost like a hazelnut flavor. Interesting. That hazelnut flavor. For me, it's hazelnut. Pretty good. Mm. It's very dense. Like, it's very, very thick. The mouthfeel here. Um... This has like such a Christmas taste to it that I think it's unbelievable. Um, this is an extremely smooth beer. There's notes of like a... I'm getting a lot of hazelnut here. Hold on, let me try again. Ooh. Medium to light carbonation. I am shocked that the alcohol is covered so well at 9.2%. Hint of vanilla, not too crazy. It's it's much toastier and roastier than than I thought it would be. It's sweet, but not over the top sweet. It's kind of balanced out very well. This is this is going to be really hard to do here because, fuck me, man. I have on here, what do I have here? I have the tiramisu munchies as the stout. Um, on the Stout Mount Rushmore, I don't know what the score was that I gave it. So I don't know what the score is. I got. I got. I'm gonna look in the notebook. Hold up. Tiramisu got an 8.9, and I think this is gonna top it. That's gonna put it on the Mount Rushmore. The flavor here is so overwhelming. But the funny, the crazy thing about this beer is that I didn't take a sip as I was looking for the score for a good like minute and that's when the alcohol burn creeped in like after a minute and this beer isn't ice cold you know i didn't have it in the fridge for that that long so i think it's at the perfect temperature that i would want it to be at excuse me there's nothing written on the bot on the can or anything like that so there's really nothing else i could tell you about it other than it's luscious or lucius british style imperial style i don't know what makes it british style let me see here, because there's a QR code on the back, and maybe I could give you a little bit of an understanding of what's happening here. Oh, no, it gives me a YouTube video. I don't want to do that. But um, an absolutely unbelievable stout here. A very big beer. I mean, this is huge. This is a huge beer. But, I mean, every step of the way, it is pretty delicious. It just hits every single one of those 
those like points that you'd want. Like this, this could actually um, hang up there with um, Goose Island Stout for sure. I think I like this better than the Goose Island Stout. Literally, I can't believe how this nine point two is um, is being hidden here in this beer. I want to drink it. I don't want to drink it too fast because I really want to enjoy it. But I do want to get to these other beers. Carbonation is fairly low, but I mean, got some. I got some lacing on the glass. Hold on, let me smell it again. Man, that's such a powerful smelling beer. I'm so happy that I was able to even have this. My God. Oh. Every sip is like a meal. If Rob was here, he would love this. There's a candy sweetness in the beginning, fairly sweet. But then it's cut. It's like a oh. The bitterness is just, it's there. Everything is, this is the most, this is this, maybe one of the smoothest stouts I've had in a, in a very long time. I mean, the Halterman stout from Flagship is really fucking good, but this, this is unreal. Maybe it's the, uh, the, the, the English part of it, but it, this literally looks like I took Hershey syrup and poured it into a glass, okay? I... Don't think I expected this much flavor. I didn't, I don't think I expected this much taste. And like, I want to keep talking about the beer, but I just want to keep drinking it. So I'm gonna pause and drink this beer because I love you all, but I need to I need to do this. Okay, so I just got finished with that beer. Um, Sorry to keep y'all waiting. Not that you were even, it's instant for you guys. That beer gets a 9.7, okay? It was no joke. I'm not even kidding you. Towards the end there, I had like a, it had like a, um, a strong hazelnut, vanilla, bean, and like a smoky flavor to it towards the end, making it the highest rated beer I think I've ever done on the show. And I'm not even like a big stout guy. Like Rob was the stout guy. This was un-fucking-believable. It gets a 9.7, and I'm standing firm on that score. That is a beer drinkers score that exploded that exploded okay it's okay right do i have a towel this beer just exploded on me fuck you oh shit okay this next one is this this brewery holds a very um holds a very um holds a place in our hearts here three beers in common roots you guys remember common roots the brewery that the poor brewery that burnt down, but then rebuilt, and now they have um, delicious, wonderful beer being uh, provided. Um, this one here, Common Roots, right there at uh, South Glen Falls, almost daylight in America India Pale Ale. It's a modern style IPA with passion fruit aromas and a juicy citrus uh, citrusy character. The little sister to our daylight uh, double IPA. Um, I hope I didn't do this beer before, because I do remember doing some common roots on here. If I did, please forgive me. 
I hope I don't. We've done that before on the show. We did a, a the winter solstice twice. I poured this a little heavy, so there's a big head on the beer. But on the nose, right at the bat, is a big lemony, citrusy uh, aroma, which is fairly pleasant. I got the beer completely poured out. Um, it is about four fingers ahead, eclipsing the glass. It kind of looks like a comical uh, take on a beer here, with the, with how much this is hanging out here. Oh boy, six percent. Like I said, uh, all the way from here, I'm getting a very bright, clean hop characteristic smell. Very citrusy, very lemon, very citrus lemon fla- uh, flavor. But I didn't mean that. I mean aroma. Uh, very strong. I mean, I haven't even gotten close to my nose yet, and I'm getting that citrusy smell, which kind of makes me feel like this is going to be quite refreshing of a beer. Um, I'd really like to taste it, but this this head doesn't look like it's going to be dissipating any anytime soon. But um, like I said here, very, very strong, powerful aroma. A hazy look to it. It looks like it's got some nice carbonation, some good bubblies coming up. Um, Oh, and there's a honey sweetness, uh, melon sweetness in, in, in the uh, in the aroma as well. Let me try to get close now and see what we can get here. Yeah, so still, that citrusy aroma. Let's give it a taste. Very light-bodied. <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me rephrase. I just had the heaviest stout that I think I've ever had. So... To say this is a very light-bodied beer might not be fair, but it is quite light-bodied, very mellow, extremely mellow, mellow, low, low bitterness. What is this categorized as? An American India Pale Ale. Um, I'm just getting a whole lot of citrus here, not too much in terms of like bitterness. Maltiness is 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 fairly mellow too. A melon, fl- a melon. Lemon, almost like a tangerine orange. The highlights here are just very citrusy, extremely citrusy. Um, and it doesn't go much farther than that. The maltiness, there's a slight bitterness there, but it's just, I, I wish that this had just more of a bit of a punch to it. But still, a fairly good and drinkable beer. Uh, Little Sister, I think that... I would like their Daylight D-I-P-A, their double I-P-A. I think it would probably have a bit more of a kick than uh, this one does. But I would say this is a good 6.2. That's a pretty, I think that's a pretty fair score. It's a, it's a one that I could score quickly because of because uh, of the flavors that are going on here. A good burp. Let me try one more sip here. Pretty decently crushable. I get a hint of honey flavor here as well, which is uh, not necessarily throwing me off, but it's it's a little bit different than what I'm used to. But nonetheless, a um, pretty crushable beer. I'd give this a 6.2. I think that's a fair score. Middle of the road, a little slightly above average, and, and fairly good. I'm going to now pause the show again and enjoy this one because um, I want to get to the next one. I want to do these three. I want to do these three in a rapid-fire type mode here. We already got one on the Mount Rushmore. This one didn't necessarily dethrone anybody, but this beer is going to carry over because this is the luscious is going to carry over Lucius, whatever the fuck, because this is the highest beer ever rated on the show. I mean, that's that's for sure. So give it one second. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to have this one and then go on to the next. So here we got another one here. Uh, definitely never did this one before. Lower Wolfjaw from Mean Max Brewworks out of New York. 
Lower Wolfjaw. It is a double IPA. This double IPA is a moderately hoppy ale brewed with citrusy character derived from a blend of American hops. Mimax works brews. Mimax brew works. Not that mean. Boldly brewed in Glen Falls. 8.2. Oh, Let's see what we get here. So, so far, a pretty great showing here from upstate. We're going to pour this bad boy out. An interesting color. Uh, mm, a very interesting color here. Um, it's like a um, brown yellow. The aroma is odd. Hold on a second. It's an 8.2 percenter here. Um, the aroma is non-existent. I, I can't smell anything. I'm not getting anything in the aroma. There's some floaties in here. The head went away quickly. It was like one finger ahead. The color is a brown but like a greenish brown. This is an odd looker. Let me taste it. Not a lot going on here. There's no cit. It's not very citrusy, like they say. It's got a malty sweetness to it, but. Not much of a mouthfeel. I'm really trying here, too. Um, don't really get an 8.2 out of this. That's interesting. Oh. oh. Nope. This is going to get a, a 2.3 because it is a beer. Um, they, I, don't, I don't understand. <clears throat> There's a harsh flavor here. I'm just going to omit this one. So the beers that we had, it was a two-beer finale. And it was uh, Almost Daylight, which was a 6.2 uh, from Common Roots. Great brewery up there, okay, in uh, by Saratoga Springs. Fantastic little place. Um, Lucius, again, Stowe, Vermont, the Alchemist, known for Hetty Topper. But do not sleep on the other ones because this was the best beer I think I've ever had. I'm, again, I'm not a stout guy, and I gave this such a high score, 9.2. So now I'm going to take this opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to give you the end-of-year speech. <sighs> to all of you that listen, and I, especially uh, the over 100 listeners, I can't believe this right now, this statistic, but over 100 listeners in Germany, um, uh, guten tag to you all, and danke schön. I want to thank all of you so very much for giving me this opportunity to do this show, giving me the inspiration to do this show, giving me the money to do this show, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I didn't, I, I really thought that I wasn't able to, I wasn't going to be able to do this. And then people came together and uh, helped me out and made my dream come true. This is one of the best things that I do in my life. I have a fantastic life because of my family and my friends. And I love to do this show. And thank you all out there that listen. Thank you all that, that contribute by emailing 
and talk. I'm going to bring that back into the show. I'm going to start reading the emails. But there's a lot of people that thank me. There's a lot of people that enjoy the show and tell me that I'm doing a great job and to keep it up. And um, and for those of you that I know that listen that uh, don't email, thank you for listening. Because there are plenty of you out there that uh, that don't make the attempt to make the emails or, or try to contact me. I get it. I don't email or contact people I listen to, even though they say to do so. There are thousands of you out there that are listening. And I thank you for this. And uh, we're going to make 2020 a fantastic year. We're going to have some delicious beer. We're going to brew some delicious beer. And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great year for everybody. You're all a part of my family. Three beers in's family. I want to thank Rob for everything that he did and his contribution to get this puppy started. I want to thank him for um, carrying me uh, for the years that he bought the beer while I was saving up for my wedding. And I'm very glad to announce that he is going to be getting married soon to the girl of his dreams out down under in Australia. He just bought a house out there. My best friend's crushing it in uh, Australia. I knew he could do it. I knew that he was, uh, he was more than capable of doing it. There are many that doubted him and said he was going to come back. But when he told me he was going to go, I knew his mind was made up. <clears throat> and I'm really proud of him. I really and truly am. I wish I could talk to him more. I wish that the time zones weren't all fucked up. But they are. And that's just how it is. But we're closing out the 2010s. And it was a really great decade for me. You know, we gained some people, you know, in our lives. Everyone who can examine their last decade. I, I know that I... I had a baby. I, I got married. I have this show still. Well, the show started here, and it was a great decade for me. We lost some people, some dear people close to my heart. But for 2020 and beyond, I know that the next decade will be fantastic. I know that there will be downfalls, and there will be great victories. But you'll be there along the way with me, ladies and gentlemen. As long as I'm breathing, this microphone will have a voice behind it. And it will be me doing three beers in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you a happy and healthy new year. I will catch you all in 2020. Thanks, everybody. Cheers to the weekend. Have a craft beer. I love you all. And have a fantastic time. Take care, everybody.